Welcome to the Hog Market Talk podcast with professional ag marketing. Come here to get fresh updates on what's happening week to week within the Lean Hog Complex. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. And remember to visit swineweb.com, an excellent resource for information in the pork industry, where you can also find this podcast. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's crush it. Today is February 14th. I've got Pat with us today. How's it going, Pat? Good. Happy Valentine's Day, Mike. Happy Valentine's Day, Pat. Hopefully uh, this reminder doesn't catch most of our crowd too late here today. Let's just put I'm it that I'm sure way. not. I, uh, historically, um, I think hog producers, uh, corn and soybean producers, we're all really good at planning well, well in advance for this day, don't you think, Mike? Definitely. I would say <laughs> industry all the way across the board. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I will say, Pat, there's probably worse days to talk about the hog market, huh? Yeah, a nice little uh, move higher today in the markets. And, uh, um, you know, it's also uh, February 14th is marked by um, the 10th business day here of February. So last trading day for for the, the February contract. And and uh, in addition to that, uh, um, Ash Wednesday, first day of Lent as well. And so um, I mentioned that as it relates to the hog market for a couple of reasons. It was kind of neat to see um, the April contract leading the way here and and finishing 345 higher as it becomes the lead month and, and starts to have this uh, um, uh, one one eye on uh, on spot fundamentals here. And so, you know, a lot of talk today about the reasons for a little bit higher markets. And, and I would say at the top of the list, um, and, and particularly referencing a cattle complex that is down uh, um, over a dollar or so. In fact, April cattle, dollar ten lower, one eighty four even, in spite of a little firmer cash trade this week. And so, you know, we have heard in a little bit early here on Wednesday, but we are seeing a little bit of cash trade, um, a lot of it on an address basis, uh, but the equivalent of uh, a couple dollars higher than what traded last week. So we're seeing some firmness in that cash cattle trade. But in spite of that, a little bit of a sell-off in the cattle complex and a pretty good re, uh, uh, rally on hogs. So let's let's chalk up a little bit of this move to either the putting on of some hog cattle spreads or the unwinding of uh, of some from from prior activity. But nonetheless, um, I think that's something interesting to think through here just a little bit. While the pork cut, cutout composite. <clears throat> has performed reasonably well here for the first uh, month and a half or so of this calendar year and in some cases uh, exceeded expectation of of market analysts and those sorts of things it would really be box beef that has performed really well in the first six weeks of this year compared to what i think anybody would have forecasted uh, uh, mike and so you know as we get into and continue to get into a little tighter beef supplies um i i it's uh, the the way that box beef is reacting to all all of that is very favorable. And I do think that we will see some nice substitution of pork products into that beef uh, retail space as, as we go forward here. And so, so maybe there's some good reasons for, for uh, a little bit of trade to be happening between uh, cattle and hogs, the, the pork uh, futures market and the beef in the beef futures market. And so we'll see how that plays out as we go through here. But pork specifically from a fundamental perspective Again, pretty impressive, I would say, overall, as it, as it relates to, to how the cutout contract has performed um, up until this point. And 
you know, if there's any drag, it's in, uh, it's, it's, it's a result of the, of the bellies primal and really pork bellies are quite cheap relative to the other primals and relative to where we've recently been, been, um, pork bellies are, are more or less trading on, you know, pre-COVID levels, dare I say, you know, kind of down and down in those levels. And, you know, we are, you know, we're starting to see even around here in this area of the, of the world, some featuring going on as it relates to bacon products and those sorts of things. So if there's one of the primals that has a chance to get fixed, um, one would think that it would be the, the, the belly primal that has that potential. And so, and so maybe you just feel a little bit better overall about the pork cutout contract, trying to find off the seasonal tendency for it to work sideways to lower this time of year. And often folks reference, uh, you know, the, the Lenten season is, is it potentially impacting meat trade there a little bit. And I would just say it has as much to do with that as it does um, just later season uh, winter blues and early spring sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. But, but nonetheless, it's not uncommon from a historical seasonal perspective for us to see, again, a flat sideways to lower sort of cutout pork cutout trade as we go through the next six or eight weeks and so what the market is trading at today is that the that, that spot fundamentals will will maybe improve more than that meaning that you know the index today is around 74 bucks and now april is trading a 10 dollar premium to that so really quite optimistic i think mike as it relates to um uh, as it relates to what uh, uh, potential is for, for cutout trade to to occur over the next eight weeks now that April becomes a lead contract. Some spicy stuff there. It's been a while since we've really got to talk about the spread or relationship between cattle and hogs here on the podcast. It, it's been a long time, actually, so very interesting. Um, other strength today that you could attribute to this uh, lean hog market, uh, have you heard some things on, I know you mentioned cash cattle, uh, been some stuff going on in the cash hog trade? Yeah, a little bit, but I, the, the cash trade is appreciated nicely, and that, that yeah. certainly is a, a popular talking point as well. Um, I would just say that as we get into um, seasonally less pigs, what's happening in that cash hog market becomes less relevant. And so, and, and, but that is noteworthy. So I appreciate you asking the question. I mean, we're going to go from, from uh, uh, banging up against some 2.7 million harvests for three weeks in a row to a fairly precipitous decline now, starting this week. The Saturday harvest this week will be down considerably from what we've been the last three, and it'll just continue to drop from there, I suspect. And so, and so that's maybe part of the story again is, you know, the cash cattle trade is cash hog trade, excuse me, has firmed up significantly, but also dried up in terms of volume, but mostly because of uh, the lack of need for trade in that space right now, as we more closely align, you know, a five day, uh, work week with the available supply. And so, you know, as we go forward here, that less pork that's going on to the market should be supportive to cutout value. So those two things do have something to do with each other for sure. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Mike, is, is uh, you know, we had a little bit of uh, inflation data that was released uh, uh, this week and it and uh, at least uh, spurred a, a pretty significant break in, in, uh, in the stock market. Do you, uh, you want to share with our listeners a few comments as it relates to that? Yeah, so I think it, it had really built up until that moment where we saw CP 
CPI come out, our inflation data came out a little hotter than expected. So it it increased about 0.3% on inflation data. So that kind of led the trade to believe that maybe we're not going to cut rates as much this year is kind of what they had hoped. And the stock market took it really hard yesterday, Dow down 500 points, etc. And part of that reaction was probably in light of the fact that we had ran up to record levels again and been running on a really strong rally as well. So it partially probably just needed a little bit of a correction anyways. Um, the U.S. dollars responded quite aggressively to that as well. Um, you know, you saw it more uh, hitting the agricultural side uh, from the grain side. You know, in a lot of the comments today and the really negative trade we had on soybeans and corn, uh, that was all in light of the United United States not being very competitive in the export market, and the U.S. dollar had a lot to do with that as well, bouncing back up against uh, some resistance levels at the top of the Bollinger Bands, almost 105 on the index. So I think a lot of the other ag commodities, Pat, struggled today uh, in light of some of that U.S. dollar move and lack of competitiveness in, in the global trade, which especially if we continue to build ending stocks, we're really going to need some of that stuff to give support to grains here. Otherwise, it seems like the path of least resistance at this point is, is uh, incredibly lower. Uh, here recently out of these grains doesn't it yeah it sure does and i and and this the slow methodical um sell-off that we've seen particularly in the corn complex is is uh well welcome relief for for uh for end users for sure right but uh uh, you know for our row crop producers uh um it's uh becoming increasingly uh a challenging time in terms of, of looking for opportunities there and need to dust off the old handbook in terms of managing carries and those sorts of things. But uh, um, you're, you're exactly right. And we're going to get some numbers in the Outlook Conference here on, on Friday and, <clears throat> and, uh, and likely going to uh, uh, remind the trade of a relatively burdensome balance sheet, particularly on the corn side of things. And, and, uh, and, and frankly, the, you know, the, what we're hearing out of South America in terms of, of um, uh, early preliminary harvest results coupled with, uh, um, you know, more beneficial moistures and, and moisture in some pretty critical areas is more fairly, you know, fairly bearish news as it relates to the supply side of things. And so, again, we just, we just stay on this little trek here of just, just a slow grind lower on, on, the, uh, on the input side of things is, is again, a, a little bit of, of relief from an end user's perspective. Definitely. Any other final thoughts here going into uh, into this middle of February time frame? Yeah, I you know this this is from a seasonal. Well, first of all, the, 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 the I think most importantly as it relates to production and weights, um, we're seeing we're seeing weights drop a little more than normal, which you'd expect for this time of year, and likely the result of a of a challenging plug situation uh, coming off of December. And so we just encourage producers to to keep an eye on that. Don't let your weights drop any more than you have to. We talked earlier about uh, about April futures now trading at a $10 premium to the index. The market is forecasting that we'll see an improvement in revenue as we go forward here. Let's do the best we can in terms of taking advantage of that. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Pat. Thank you. And thank you to all our listeners. Please reach out to us at professionalagmarketing.com. 
Check out our other podcast as well, Professional Ag Marketing, that's released every Friday. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. See you next time.